Welcome, Welcome to the Best Friends Best Ideas Podcast with your best friends, Adrian Suzuki Cruz and Jen Amos. And, and yes, yes, we really are best friends and have been for 20 years now living coast to coast. Together, we are excited to share the best ideas on how to sustain healthy relationships with your best friend or anyone you care about. Now, let's get on with the show. Hey, best friend. Good morning. It is April 1st, 2022. The year is going by so fast. It's already April. And I just wanted to share another great idea. You're the one who helped me realize this. And it's about creating healthy boundaries. You're very good at, <laughs> like I mentioned to you before, creating these two combined words. That just have so much impact around the word. Like, instead of just replying to someone, you like thoughtfully reply. And that's what we do with each other nowadays. And you said your dog, although he's a bigger dog, he's a gentle dog. So he's a gentle giant. So I just love the way you use these words together. And, but today's word is going to be healthy boundaries because already we're trying to create healthy relationships, even with each other. By having long sustaining relationships and communicating, but also we need to create healthy boundaries. And in this situation, I'm not talking between us, I'm actually talking about my situation at my work, which you help me understand how to go about doing that. And so, for the sake of names, I also currently, as you know, I'm working in the corporate world. And I'm in sales, and I actually am a manager, and I work with other managers. And so it's just really difficult because when none of these managers are above each other. And so we end up kind of bickering back and forth on who's right and who's wrong or who needs to do what. And sometimes I get the short end of the stick because, you know, in the end of the day, we still need to report to our boss who needs the stuff. And then I'm the only one who kind of. Can put it together, but it's it's also very draining. And so I've been learning a lot from what we've talked about together, and I just kind of wanted to share because it's really helping me communicate with my relationships at work. And it's this idea about creating healthy boundaries. So I'm going to talk about three different managers that I'm dealing with. And again, as I said, uh, I'm going to create some fictional names for them, and it's going to be about their what they do as a trait or an action that they do every day to kind of drive me, I guess, nuts a little bit, and how I'm trying to create these healthy boundaries around it. So the first one, let's call them broken record. This person is definitely a broken record. This manager, at least. Although very very helpful, the stories that this person shares with me helps me grow my sales. But at the same time, some of the stories are repetitive, and that's why I call them the broken record because it's like I've heard the story again. I've heard the story again, and no matter how many times I would like to kind of end the conversation before it starts again, it just. Happens to start, and so sometimes our conversations 
can be more than an hour, sometimes two hours, and sometimes three hours. So it's like, I can't get any work done, even though at the end there are some nuggets. But this person is definitely a broken record. So I was getting drained. It was becoming toxic. And then I found out, like, after we were talking about, like, like, what can I do, you know? And so I kind of came up with the idea with, like, okay, how do I... I'm just going to limit it, you know? I'm just going to schedule some time. Hey, I'm busy, but let's schedule two to three when it's, like, not as busy in the afternoon. And, I mean, it's always busier in the morning, so the afternoon is much better for us. And so I definitely said, like, yeah, let's just set a... Uh, one hour or two hour limit but before we start is we write down i got this idea from you is to kind of like you know we're putting our ideas together in buckets so i was like you know what i want to try that and just say hey what are the topics you want to talk about that we need to get done business-wise first so we write them all down so it kind of weaves and say hey let's get into this topic now hey let's get into this topic now so it's not just like one person venting or in this case, the broken record will continue being a broken record. So thank you, best friend, for that idea. And this is my way of trying to create a healthy boundary by setting a time limit and setting up topics. So there's that one. The next one is another manager who I used to work under. And this person I'm going to call alarm clock because they are like an alarm clock. So they remind They remind and they remind and it can get very, very annoying. And so now that I'm no longer under this person, we still have to send over and now I'm in sales. I have to, we have to send over like a sales pipeline. And what, what are we doing? Do we have any new accounts that are about to be closed? That's all great and all, but that's why I have a CRM, a customer relationship management system. In this case, I'm using Salesforce. And Salesforce is great because it tells you who you're supposed to call and follow up today and what were the previous notes and all that stuff. So it's very organized. You can pull up reports. So I don't need another person to say, you know, to remind me what I need to do. So this person is becoming a very annoying alarm clock because just the other day they said, hey, can you list any more new prospects that we're going to go after and tell me what they're what's going on with it and i finally had to slightly push back because we have a ranking system in the crm and it's quite obvious so if it's obviously 10 percent, it means that they're they're just we just barely started talking to them and it's still in the initial stage but if it's over 50 percent as even 75 percent, that means we're in the negotiation stage we've already met with them we've uh, gone back and forth with the pricing and so those are the ones that I would like to add to this sales pipeline list. But I'm not just going to add anyone because what ends up happening is Alarm Clock likes to be alarm. And every single month say, hey, when is this account closing? Hey, when is this account closing? Hey, when is this account closing? It's like clockwork. So I was just, you know what? I kind of set my healthy boundary and I said, hey, if the account that I'm prospecting is less then 50%, I'm not adding them to this list. And so I just want to let you know I'm actively looking and I'll let you know when I have an account. Okay? Thank you. You know, so I know that they were just trying to do good, but they're not in the same position as me because they're not going after sales themselves. So they're not looking for new accounts. They just manage like the orders and everything like that. So it's like, mm, 
So you don't even understand my feeling, but yet you want to annoy me about it. So yes, I apologize, alarm clock, but <laughs> I can't deal with that <laughs> right now. I have other things to focus on and just let me do my thing. And the last person I will say is very difficult to deal with in general. And the best word I can describe this person is senpai. More like an evil senpai. And if for our listeners who don't know what a senpai is, it's a Japanese term. It's supposed to be someone like someone who's older than you. Like, you know, when you're in school and high school, you have, you know, senior, junior, sophomore, and freshman. So if you're a freshman, you have to listen to a sophomore. And that's your senpai. And in Japan, in their culture, they take it very seriously. That's why they are allowed to ask for your age, because if they are older than you, they can technically boss you around just because it's their age. It's a long history in Japan, and I experienced it firsthand when I was in there. I was like, well, they treated me in a way that I felt like a freshman, and so they would really boss you around, so you can't do this, you can't do that. I was part of a club, so you have to follow the rules, and I was shocked. I thought it was just in the books that I read in my textbooks, but they really will push you around, and it's not like here in America where it's equal. Just because you're a senior, you can still talk to a freshman, and like the freshman doesn't have to listen to the senior. It's just if they respect the senior, they'll talk to them. But in Japan, if you don't follow what they do, it's like hazy. Then they get really like, mad and then they get all these other people to get on you and then they say like you're disrespectful and all that stuff so that was a long history on that but the word is senpai sounds like kampai where they drink and say cheers but it's a different word it's senpai and i'm calling this person an evil senpai because they're not evil but i mean more like i mean i meant to say they're a mean senpai so they kind of really are super bossy because there are nice senpais i'll retract theirs senpais are also people that are respect you know people who look them up just like again like i said with the senior and freshman analogy they help out the younger people to guide them so they are pretty particular and pretty mean about how they say stuff in the office so for me the other day senpai had asked me to create this marketing form because I'm the one who submits it to our boss, which is, you know, it's my job to submit any marketing budget to our boss. But all it said was, here's the link and please write it up because I'll be going there. And it's like, okay, so you're going to be going to this trade show is what the senpai was asking, but you didn't find how much it costs, when it's going to be, who's attending because you said we in the email so i was getting confused so please use proper english and so i was just really like okay if you're not going to share the details the purpose and stuff and you just want me to write it up and do the actual research that's not my job i said i would help write it up because that's my job to submit the final proposal but not to write up the actual proposal so you still have to read everything up and do it and so i I set up a boundary, and that boundary, that best friend, is what you've taught me, which is to, like a tennis ball, like just throw it back. So I threw it back and just said nicely, well, please find all the details because I will only put it together and you have to let me know because it's not easy to convince our boss. And so if he doesn't find the purpose compelling enough, he'll deny it. And I'm just going to be the messenger and report it because that's what it is. I just report the budget. I don't 
sell for you. You know, I don't sell the idea for you. So, anyways, best friend. I know those were three different people, managers that I work with: the broken record, the alarm clock, and senpai. So, first, let me know what your thoughts on all three, and if you think that I created some pretty healthy relationships or not. I mean, healthy boundaries. That's the word that we're using here. Do you have any relationships that you need to create a healthy boundary around? And to our listeners, if you're in the same boat, let us know. And we really look forward to hearing from you guys as well. And hopefully this is helping you understand or taking the idea and maybe applying it to your situation as well. All right. And so I'm throwing it off to you, best friend. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, best friend. It's always great to hear from you as always. And I do really appreciate when you let me know the things that you appreciate about me. You often mention how much you like when I attach like an adjective to a word, like healthy boundaries, gentle giant. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but you help me recognize that I say that a lot, (laughs) or I describe certain things or situations a lot in that kind of capacity. And it just reminds me how much I value being very descriptive and articulate in the way that I talk to people. And so thank you for pointing that out because it just reminds me how often I do that and how my intention to speak better has really been manifesting, especially in the way that we communicate. So I really like this conversation about healthy boundaries. I think that at least in my upbringing, healthy boundaries wasn't necessarily taught because coming from a collectivist culture, you don't think about setting individual boundaries because what's yours is ours. In our culture, we don't say I, we say we. And all that being said, everything is shared. And so that's not right or wrong. That's just the upbringing that I personally had. And I know that you've had that as well in your own way, best friend. And so it's interesting having been raised that way in the household to have this collectivist mindset. But then when you step out into American society and in corporate America in your circumstance, although I know it's a very unique situation because of the Japanese culture that ties into, you know, the corporate America that you work in, but either way, you are in an American society and it's very much an individualistic mindset. And a lot of the culture is saying, I this, I that, I want this, I want that. And so it it is really interesting to have to kind of code switch from just being okay with people and or not necessarily allowing people to walk over you, but not really having the self-awareness to create boundaries. And so It's interesting how with these three managers, the broken record, the alarm clock, and the evil senpai, as you said, it's interesting how they have overstepped their boundaries with you. And initially, you know, I don't think you recognized that it was sort of a toxic environment for you. It really took like someone for me to listen to your situation and recognize that I was listening and sensing that you felt like you were doing more 
then you should. And so that being said, that's why I said, oh, well, it would make sense to set a healthy boundary. And how do you know when you need to set a healthy boundary? Well, you start to feel like you are in an unhealthy relationship. Part of that can show in the way you're feeling anxious, the way you're upset, the way that you get snappy, feeling unhappy, feeling unsatisfied, feeling annoyed, feeling overworked, and anything where it really just like kind of leaves you with like a, a bad aftertaste or feeling dissatisfied at the end of the day or feeling frustrated. You know, I think those are some symptoms. They're not all the symptoms, but those are some symptoms to help you identify if you are in an unhealthy relationship, whether it's obviously personal or professional, and we're talking professional in this situation, but you're feeling this level of dissatisfaction and feeling uncomfortable because you are doing something that you're not comfortable with or something that is not in your wheelhouse. And so I just want to commend you, best friend, for sharing all this with me first and foremost. And, you know, here, like listening to me and just taking what you learned from what I had said. I mean, I didn't even realize how impactful <laughs> that would have been for you. And so I just want to commend you for recognizing that you were having these unhealthy relationships in your workplace. And the only person that could set those healthy boundaries is you because only you as the individual know what you need. And so you knew what you needed in these circumstances, kind of like with the broken record. Like if you just give this person your time, they can talk your ear off for two to three hours. And I think it was super clever how you were able to schedule time with them and have the topics ahead of time and even have a time limit. I think that is a very healthy boundary that you have set. And then with the alarm clock, <laughs> I love how you had explained to them saying like, hey, if this prospect is less than a 50% probability that we can close it, then I'm not going to add them in the list. And so I think that is also very smart. And of course, you are an adult, you are in sales, like you can keep track of your own contacts, especially the ones that you are still trying to increase the probability of closing a sale. And so I think it's just really good that you had articulated that to the alarm clock because the only reason why the alarm clock is pinging you is because that's their job, right? And so kudos to you for being able to just communicate back to them because a lot of times the reason why people do this is because they think that's what they have to do. They think they're doing the right thing. And the way to help steer them in the right direction is by communicating and saying, hey, just letting you know, I'm doing fine. Thank you for letting me know. I'm only going to add certain contacts. Once they reach a certain probability percentage, I will add them. But for now, I don't need to add them. And thank you. <laughs> and then, of course, the last one talking about like, just how in the Japanese culture, if people are older than you, then naturally you're supposed to respect them and listen to them. And if you disrespect them, then they can haze you and all that stuff. I just think that's so interesting. And I am really happy that I'm not in an environment where I have to deal with that anymore because I definitely dealt with that in my own way, in my personal life and a little bit in my professional life. But I think that's the beauty of being self-employed is that the only boss I have is me. <laughs> but either way, either way, I think it is really healthy of you to have like articulated like, hey, like I don't mind submitting the proposal. However, 
I can only do that if you do your part <laughs> by actually writing up and being clear on the logistics. I can't just say, poof, here you go. Like, here's the proposal. Now I'm going to submit it. The senpai has to be clear on the logistics and just kudos to you for being able to communicate that. Really what I'm trying to say overall is kudos to being able to articulate that like, hey, I know what my role is in all this. I know that I need to submit the proposal and I'm happy to do that. However, it's also going to require that you do your part and be able to actually give me all the logistics and the details that I need to know in order to submit this proposal. So well done on that, best friend. And I just want to let our listeners in on this tennis analogy you just mentioned, because we actually haven't talked about this yet on the show. This is something we've been talking about offline. And so when we talk about the tennis analogy, we are referring to a tennis ball as a symbol of communication. And so imagine that the tennis ball is an idea that you hit to go across the net to reach the other person. And so just imagine that ball being a a conversation, a topic of conversation going back and forth. And so we'll probably unpack this more in an upcoming idea. I know that Adrian and I, we've been talking about this really extensively on this type of communication. But either way, what my best friend is trying to say is that when the senpai had hit the ball to Adrian, figuratively speaking, Adrian embraced it. But instead of just kind of keeping it to himself, i.e. trying to do the proposal on his own, he decided to set a healthy boundary, hit it back and say, hey, I will do my part, but you have to do your part as well. So I'm going to send it back to you, senpai, you do your part and then you hit the ball back at me. And so there's so much more to say about that tennis analogy, but we'll just leave it there for now and leave you all to your imagination (laughs) on that. And so with that being said, best friend, I appreciate you sharing all that. I think healthy boundaries is, you know, something that we have to consistently practice because we deal with different relationships all the time or different circumstances or different seasons. And so it has to be a constant renewal of the mind and evolution of and a way to evolve a relationship. So overall, I think this is a great conversation in regards to setting healthy boundaries So in conclusion, best friend, I do appreciate you taking the time to describe these people, these managers in your life and how you have been able to practice setting healthy boundaries with them. So healthy boundaries in general, it's going to be this constant thing that you have to keep doing with people all because, you know, we're imperfect human beings. And depending on the season, depending on our day, depending on how our weekend went, sometimes it is very easy to not set healthy boundaries or to overstep other people's boundaries. And so it's up to us individually to have that self-awareness, to know when we are in an unhealthy situation, to be able to articulate setting a healthy boundary. So kudos to you, best friend, for being able to do that. And I was thinking about, uh, you were asking me, do I have any examples? And the best example I can give is, although I do similar things that you do, like set that boundary and articulate it ahead of time, When I don't articulate it ahead of time, so let's say, for example, someone had sent me an email and let's say it's been like a week or two since they had emailed me and I haven't responded. Instead of finally replying and saying, hey, I'm so sorry to have kept you waiting. I'm so sorry to keep you waiting. I'm sorry it took me so long to respond to this. Rather than say that, I have learned to say, 
hey, thank you for your patience. I really appreciate that you gave me the time to review this and get back to you and respond thoughtfully. And so that's often the boundary I like to set. Rather than be apologetic, I learn to express gratitude to someone because what I have come to learn is that when you apologize to someone and say, oh my gosh, sorry, I'm late. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I messed up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like when you do that, one, first and foremost, it makes no one feel good to be that apologetic. Two, you make it about you. It's all about you and how you messed up. And three, because you make it about you, you completely dismiss how the other person already gave you grace by waiting on your email, by waiting for you at the coffee shop, you know, you know, just waiting to hear from you. And so that's why I have learned to say, instead of saying sorry and kind of overlooking and dismissing the fact that, you know, they still acknowledged me, I would say, thank you for your patience. Thank you for waiting. Here is my thoughtful response. So I would say that is the main boundary that I like to set is really just saying thank you instead of saying I'm sorry. I learned to express gratitude instead. And that is my proactive way of setting a boundary, especially if I don't set it ahead of time. And yeah, that's all I have to add for now. Very curious to hear your thoughts, best friend, on what I shared. Hey, best friend. I am so happy again. Thank you so much for giving me feedback and just inspiring me to create this episode together with you on how to create healthy boundaries. Emphasis on healthy. (laughs) Because boundaries itself, even though I've always learned the topic of boundaries and how, you know, we need to set boundaries with people. I just never had that very strong negative connotation to it. This is my, I'm done kind of thing. Like, this is my line. I'm going to stay on my side and you stay on yours kind of thing. Which, in order for you to have healthy, sustaining relationships, whether it's at home or at work or anywhere else, you need to set up not just boundaries, but this idea of healthy boundaries. So, thank you, best friend, for creating this wonderful double adjective word (laughs) that I love hearing. So I'm really like applying it everywhere now. So I did want to first acknowledge when you were mentioning about the different mindsets about being individualistic and collectivist. It's I think the word is collectivism. And it's funny because I graduated, as you know, in international business, and they make you take several courses. And one of the courses that I vividly remember was about this topic about how different cultures have like masculinity, femininity, and, you know, like they have like a, a ranking, like which countries are more like what most Southeast Asian countries and including countries like Japan. And then, of course, like Philippines and Korea. Just all those surrounding countries are very collectivist in general. So they usually find not to use the word I, they use we did this and we did that, which in America we're taught, no, you have to take 100% responsibility and say, I did this and I did that, or even just like kind of brag that you did all of the, the things, even though it was a collective effort. Like, let's say, oh, I I created the marketing plan with the team of managers, but 
in the end, you write an email to your boss saying, I created this marketing plan. I did this. I did that when it should actually be we. So I just wanted to kind of go on a little tangent on that because when we grew up, you're having to learn both because it depends on how your family is structured and being Filipino for one, we're very family oriented. And so obviously there's just a lot of this we, we, we stuff. We share things, we share our food where in America, it's like, I want my own happy meal. <laughs> Not I'm going to share you my happy meal, but hones a point because then now we're like being brought up on like, should I say I or we, and you're going to have to find a way to kind of blend that together but when it comes to the whole idea of healthy boundaries i just like the way that you kind of said about the different mindsets that you have to do because when you're in the workforce you don't know what everyone's background is and so setting up boundaries is not as easy as just saying like you know that's well that's your job you have to do that and this and that so so thank you for that best friend that's that was really great and i appreciate you sharing me your feedback on the three managers that I'm currently having to work with. I respect all of them. I just feel that it was getting to a point that I needed to not just be a big pushover, you know, and the word that you use is that they were overstepping. And sometimes I might overstep. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but a lot of times I get the, again, the short end of the stick. And so it's just really been tough on me emotionally because I go to work, I work really, really, really hard, and yet people are not appreciative of what I've done and instead just give me even more work. And it's just like, because they're in their mentality, it's like, oh, well, if he's going to do that, then I'm going to just give him more. And it's like, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I got to draw a line. But then I get to this point where I just create a full-on boundary and says, like, leave me alone when there's a better way of creating a healthy boundary, which whether it's like we've acknowledged already is we can set time limits. So you can set up topics ahead of time. We can kind of push back. You know, it's it's okay to push back, but lightly, not like forcefully. So thank you for that, best friend. And thank you for sharing with our listeners about the tennis ball analogy. Definitely, this is going to come up several times in a lot of our episodes but it's just kind of that idea of like who has the ball you know even in basketball like when they say the term like oh you dropped the ball and so it's like i had it in the night it was my responsibility but i dropped the ball kind of thing but with tennis in this analogy it's like in typical tennis you're kind of rallying back and forth the same ball back and forth like i hit it to you then you hit it to me and i hit it to you and so this is specifically towards the evil but like what i said the mean senpai i guess you can say because not really he's not totally evil he's just he's just been really mean and not aware that he's being that mean <laughs> because of maybe just that this senpai is obviously older than me and just wants to think that with all of the experience that they have that they're able to like boss me around but it's like well you're in america now and it doesn't work that way and again, this is why I brought that earlier, because this manager specifically is coming from another culture, in this case, Japan. So they're used to that, like, oh, I can just go ahead and, and just say whoever is younger than me, I can just tell them what to do. And maybe that wasn't their intention. So I have to 
and when I push back, I can't just be really mean about it, but I can at least put the ball back in their court. So that's why I we were using this tennis ball analogy because when they had asked me to fill in all the information plus the research, I was like, um, I got what you said, but I need you to find all the research. And then you could pass it back to me and I'll be able to be able to help out. And, you know, if we're thinking about healthy boundaries here, you know, even in tennis, there's a net. You know, I just thought about this now. There's a net that is in between in order for you to calculate the score. And obviously, that's a boundary, right? You can't just go over their net and like hit them, you know? <laughs> you have to, you know, hit the ball back and forth nicely over the net. I appreciate when you said like, how do we help our listeners and ourselves like understand? How do you know when it's a good time or to create a healthy boundary? And especially last year when I was feeling overworked, I really like how you said it's like when you start to feel these emotions, like it's an emotional feeling, right? So feel these emotions of being dissatisfied or having a bad aftertaste. That's great. I really like that analogy. I wrote like feelings of disruption. <laughs> I feel like when my whole world is being disrupted by all of these different emotions, that's when you know you need to create a healthy boundary. But yes, in overall, it's a feeling of dissatisfaction. And so that's when you start to have these. It's like what you said, it's like having an unhealthy relationship. You don't want to be in a relationship where the other person is like, you know, domestic violence and and beating you up every time you try to say something to them, even though it's going to be very cordial, yet it's like, no, they just beat you up for just, he's just even talking. So, you know, that's on the unhealthy relationship side. But in this case, like we were saying, in my workspace, I was starting to feel like, man, why don't they understand, you know? But I started, you know, it's okay to vocalize. It's okay to push back. It's okay to set that healthy boundary and there's no right or wrong but you have to take action on it in this case for me again setting time limits or just kind of telling them a reason why I didn't do a certain thing and just you know trust me I'm going to be able to do my work we're both adults here you don't need to remind me like for the whole instance with the alarm clock the broken record just kind of like Hey, get to the point. We already established some topics. Let's get on track here. And then with the senpai, it's just more like, well, I did my part. You need to do your part. And then I can do my part again. And then you can do your part. So yeah, other than that, there's so many other healthy boundaries you can do. But I think it all starts with like a conversation and also some reflection. And I do appreciate you, best friend, even just sharing me. Like I asked you, what's your type of healthy boundary? And then a tip that you gave to everybody, including myself, is how just saying sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know I, I catch myself doing that a lot. Sorry doesn't do anything, really. And it's really frowned upon, obviously, in American culture. But, you know, it, in other cultures like Japanese culture, they, they say sorry all the time. But it's more of a way of saying, excuse me. But when it's like in America, it's like if you say sorry, you're not saying that you're at fault. No one feels good. And you're kind of just trying to like make an excuse. And I totally, totally get that. Like, you know, sorry, I didn't call the customer. Like I have a, people on my team before 
who have just said like, oh, sorry, I didn't call the customer because I didn't know. It's like, well, that's not an apology anymore. <laughs> that's more like you didn't want to do it. <laughs> so there's that. But when you do it from an expression of gratitude, I really like that because I do do that when I am responding to a delayed message to a customer. And I'll be like, oh, thank you for your patience. I've got all the information that you're looking for. Da 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 da. But in general, you can just use that come from an expression of gratitude. And that, that is a great healthy boundary. It's a healthy boundary even for your own sanity because it's like, you, you know, you, you should be apologizing, but like, do you really need to apologize? So, and I've, I've been finding myself trying to try to work on that and I've gotten a lot better. So thank you for sharing that. I was curious, however, to know if you are setting any healthy boundaries within certain people per se because we're talking about even if this is my work situation i'm i'm specifically talking about certain people so have you set any healthy boundaries whether your family members or other friends you don't have to share i mean like that might be your way of creating a healthy boundary between what topics you do talk or do not talk but i was just curious because i would like to get your perspective and even if you share me a fictional name on this character i would definitely would like to know but it's not required again i just wanted to share that and thank you so much best friend and to our listeners like yeah i would just like maybe as an action step for you guys self if you guys realize that you're not in a healthy relationship with someone and you want to create a healthy boundary hopefully some of these tips will help out so let us know if it, it does and leave us in the comments below. But other than that, thank you for listening. And best friend, I um, throw it off to you. But I just want to say thank you for helping me create healthy boundaries. <laughs> but again, we would like create long, sustaining relationships. And so we do hope that everyone is enjoying the content that we're putting out there. So talk to you soon. Bye, best friend. Hey, best friend. Great to hear from you as always. And you are right. Emphasis on healthy boundaries. <laughs> and I agree with you. If you just say boundaries by itself, it almost sounds selfish. It's like, Hey, boundaries, you know, like, you know how, like, I don't know if like anyone has ever said that to you, but it's like, yeah, it almost seems like selfish and a way to put off people or alienate people when you say, uh, boundaries, <laughs> That's what comes to mind to me. So yes, I definitely, even though I know it was like my idea, like your perspective on it reminds me the importance of healthy relationships. And just like what you said, we're trying to build sustaining relationships. And part of that is, you know, setting healthy, sustainable boundaries. I'm just acknowledging your comment on the difference between the individualistic and collectivist mindsets. And I do think it's interesting how you brought up that like different countries value certain types of mindsets. Of course, we come from, I mean, not we specifically, but our parents come from the Philippines, where it's generally a very collectivist culture or collective culture. However you want to describe it, it's still pretty much the same collectivist, uh, collective. <laughs> but I think I, I totally get what you're talking about. And us having been 
you know, born and raised as American, it is interesting to find that balance because in at home, in general, we were taught the collectivist culture. And then in American society, it's all about being individualistic. It's about saying, I this, I that, I want this, I got that, I made this possible. Even if, like you said, it was a collective effort, American society, for whatever reason, loves to romanticize a self-made billionaire or millionaire or self-made man, self-made woman, or, you know, someone who is single-handedly able to succeed at something, which of course we all know that is, that is absolutely not true. Right. So yeah, it's just a very, very interesting conversation. And I think that anyone who says that they can do it on their own is lying. And even if they do, even if it's possible, they're not going to last very long. And that's just my opinion because, you know, humans are designed to be a part of a collective, you know, be a part of society to have connection. And just like in our last episode, you know, loneliness is an epidemic. It could be the cause of a lot of issues, but part of healing is to heal with other people, to be in community with people. And so anyway, I think that's all I will say about that for now. I'm glad that our conversations, especially a lot of our offline conversations, you summed it up pretty well in your recordings, of course, about your managers and stuff. I'm just really grateful that our conversations have really inspired you to verbalize these healthy boundaries with the people you work with because, you know, you feel underappreciated and overworked. And the truth is that I'm sure that your team and your boss probably don't even know that you're feeling underappreciated and overworked because they themselves may probably feel that way. <laughs> you know, they're, they're probably thinking about their themselves and their situation and maybe their personal life on top of that. And so I think the reason why like people don't express appreciation or make sure that you're having a good balance of work is just, it's just out of pure ignorance. Like if they, if you're not complaining, if you're not verbalizing that you're feeling overworked, it makes a lot of sense that they would probably give you more work because they don't know. And so setting healthy boundaries is a great thing to do because most people don't even realize that they may be overstepping a boundary. So it's just a professional and mature thing to do. And it's good for everyone to be able to set that boundary because you help people think like, oh, well, have I been giving Adrian too much work? I didn't even realize, like, I'm sorry, maybe it's time we get you an assistant and that's okay too. You know, obviously I know with your company right now, you're getting new help and so I'm really excited for you and I'm curious to see what kind of this next chapter of your life is going to look like, at least with the current company that you work for. I really love how you continue to elaborate on our tennis analogy. You were very right that typically we talk about a ball getting passed back and forth. But, you know, something something that's really important to also keep in mind is that there's that tennis net and the net is a great way to set a boundary. I mean, that's why they have the phrase, hey, the ball is in your court, meaning that, you know, if the ball is on the other side of the net and you're on that other side of the net, then that means it's your responsibility to either, you know, hit that ball back or miss it and throw a new ball or whatever. But I do like that you mentioned that net. And I'm sure that's going to make for more analogies <laughs> about the game of tennis and how tennis could be a great metaphor for communication. And yeah, just acknowledging what you said, like, how do you know it's a good time to set a healthy boundary? 
And the easiest way is if it feels like an unhealthy relationship, like you feel unsatisfied, you have a bad aftertaste, you're feeling like your day is being disrupted, you know, definitely all those things. So I acknowledge that you mentioned that. And I hope that for you, the listener, you're beginning to recognize if you are in an unhealthy relationship and need to start setting healthy boundaries. And then, of course, I'm acknowledging how and actually, in case our listeners are wondering if we're playing on the tennis metaphor, when I say acknowledge, what I'm doing is metaphorically speaking, I am hitting back the ball that Adrian threw at me or sent my way to my side of the court. And that ball represents a topic that he mentioned. Me saying acknowledge is me hitting the ball back just to say, hey, like I heard what you said and I appreciate you sharing. And here you go. <laughs> it's our way of like kind of helping each other verbally know that we heard what the other person said. So I hope that you all find that tip helpful. And I often like to say acknowledge, like I acknowledge that, you know, you're feeling this way. I also feel this way. Or in addition to that, I hope that you acknowledge what I'm going through, right? And so we love using the word acknowledgement, Adrian and I. <laughs> and I'm sure maybe this will come up in an upcoming episode. But yeah, acknowledgement is a big word that both of us have been using with each other, especially when we talk to each other offline about our personal life. Let me see here. So now you're asking me, how do I set healthy boundaries with certain people? And I know that like, because you have mentioned some people in your life, you are hoping that I probably mentioned some people as well. And what I'm going to do instead is generalize because this is actually something I have done for most people in my life now, or most people who choose to be in my life. And so to answer your question, have I set healthy boundaries with certain people? The answer is yes, like basically everyone in my life. But more importantly, you're probably asking like how? And honestly, these asynchronous audio messages, meaning that they are not recorded at the same time. Like we're messaging each other back and forth, like like pen pals back in the day when you would just like send a letter to someone and then you, you have to wait for them to send a letter back. And then of course we did emailing back and forth. And so what we are actively doing right now is a healthy boundary that I have set with basically everyone in my life that wants to stay in touch with me. So basically what I do is like, I teach people early on, just like what I did with you, best friend. I start by sending short audio messages anywhere from let's say 30 seconds to a minute and a minute and a half. And if you happen to acknowledge it and respond back in the same way, then I continue to do that. And what I love about doing these audio messages is that honestly, it's like setting the best boundary of all <laughs> because I get to respond when I'm ready. And you get to respond when you're ready. You know, we get to do this in our super spare time and look how we're able to make a podcast as a result. Like how amazing is that? And I have been doing podcasting for the last three years. At this point, I'm pretty sure I've done over 600 episodes collectively and all of them I've had to do in real time. All of them, even in dealing with different time zones, we would have to put something on the calendar where we have, you know, me, my co-host and a guest to all be there at the same time, to make time out of our busy lives, to do a recording and look what you and I are doing. Like this is the best boundary of all. And I do think it takes a certain, it, it takes certain kind of people and certain kind of loved ones to actually want to invest in a relationship like this, because being able to send these messages back and forth 
I don't think it's for everyone. You know, I think that people are impatient, you know, in in a world that's moving so fast because of technology and to be able to send these messages and be patient enough to wait for a response. I mean, it's revolutionary. And so, you know, best friend, I, I can't thank you enough for wanting to evolve our relationship by, you know, communicating in this way. So that is the first healthy boundary I set is like setting the tone early on with people who want to engage with me and continue to engage with me to send messages in this way, or more importantly, like send messages knowing full well that I may not respond right away, but I will respond eventually. That's what I always say. I will respond eventually. (laughs) And I think that I have displayed that to my loved ones enough for them to know that I will eventually respond. Maybe not everyone, of course, you know, definitely if, if a relationship has gone sour, because, you know, you're asking me like, are there certain people in my life that I have to have like really set really healthy boundaries with? Generally speaking, definitely have had people in my life where they took advantage of my generosity, whether they knew it or not. I would always be available for their beck and call. But in time, when I had realized that they wouldn't do the same for me, you know, sometimes the healthiest boundary, best friend, is to distance yourself from someone especially if you have like the means to do it. Of course, it's different in the workplace, but as adults, we choose our family. We choose our friends. We choose our community. That's the power and the freedom and the privilege of being an adult. We cannot blame our family for how they raised us or how they treated us anymore because we are adults. And so part of being an adult is knowing when to distance yourself from someone And so I definitely had to make those hard choices, especially in in the recent years and especially since I moved out to the East Coast. Another boundary and, you know, you asked, so this is going to be a long one. (laughs) Another boundary that I have set is podcasting. I have basically moved away from social media, especially for my personal accounts for all of 2022 uh, to focus more of my time on podcasting because I love it when people reach out and say, hey, I listened, keyword listened, I listened to your show and, you know, dot, dot, dot. And I love that people listen. It's so completely different than most online mediums where people don't listen, unfortunately, because these mediums, you know, a lot of social media sites are designed for you to not listen. You know, they're designed for you to react more than listen and thoughtfully respond as we're doing here. And so nowadays, if people want to hear about me and want to get to know me more and want to even engage with me, you know, it starts with them listening to my podcast shows. So that's another boundary. And I have two more since you asked. (laughs) And another thing, this is actually just a general mental health tip for anyone, but I have learned to observe and not absorb people's problems. And what I mean by that is, let's say that you best friend share your personal life with me in the past because I have codependency tendencies, meaning like I tend to take on a caretaking role in a lot of my relationships. I would observe and then absorb instead of not absorb. And what I mean by absorbing is that I would feel like I have to get involved in someone's problems or that like I had to help fix the problem. 
And, you know, fortunately in learning healthy boundaries and learning that it's not always my place to save people, especially if people don't want to be saved. I have learned, I guess the best way I can explain it is like, is if you visit someone at a prison, you have this window at the telephone booth in between you and the person in prison. And so you literally can't touch them. You can't save them. You can't do anything, but you can observe them and you can listen to them and just remind them that you're there and that you support them and that you miss them and that you love them and that you know that they'll do what they can to get out of prison or do what they need to do. And I think that is definitely something I've had to learn is to observe and not absorb people's problems. And let me tell you, it definitely makes for healthier relationships. (laughs) So anyway, I hope that you really liked that tip. And the last boundary that I set, and I've done a really good job at this at this point in my life, and I can spot these people really easy, really easily. And so uh, the last boundary I set is I tend to distance myself from people as soon as I notice it. The type of people who say, hey, you should do this, you should do that. Like basically people who think they know my life based on like the five minutes that I take to tell them about my life. Okay, that is my biggest pet peeve. So here's the thing. I have had friends in the past where I hadn't talked to them in months. I hadn't talked to them in a while. And we catch up and I give them a snapshot of my life. And based on that snapshot, they assume that they know my life and they tell me how I can fix it. And they say, hey, you should do this. You should do that. And I just think that is first and foremost, very egotistical of them to assume that they can analyze my life like that based on a snippet that I gave them (laughs) because they don't know the whole story. They're not there with me for the day to day. And it's kind of like what you mentioned to me too, best friend offline. It's like when we're talking about our other relationships in our lives. And if I'm having an issue with someone in my life, you said like, well, I wish I can help, but I don't know the other person's side of the story. And so that's another thing too, you know, for to have friends who assume that they know my whole situation and they assume who the other party that I'm having an issue with is all about. That is a huge red flag for me when people say, or when people are like that and they assume that they know my life and they tell me what I should do or shouldn't do. Those people I avoid as much as possible. So that was a lot to share. I was not expecting to share as much as I did, but you asked and I delivered. (laughs) I hope best friend that you got a lot out of this and also with our listeners. And I am curious to hear your thoughts if anything I shared really struck a chord with you. So All right, best friend, looking forward to hearing from you. Hey, best friend. Thank you so much for the feedback. I'm really glad to hear everything that you've mentioned about healthy boundaries and your thoughts on it. And the people that I originally was inspired to talk about this in my work life. I really like the way you shared some tips and just on the healthy boundaries, not in terms of a person per se, a specific person, but a generalization. And I was just like to recap all the things for our listeners because I, and then if some of them did apply to my life or if I'm going to apply them to my life. I really wanted to just kind of share this part with you. 
So, yeah, I really like this whole asynchronous type of audio messaging that we've been doing. It's a very interesting hidden boundary, like more like a healthy boundary in a sense, because we are basically talking to each other one by one. And I think we've mentioned this before. It's it's really great because we get to kind of listen to each other without interruption. So that's a, that's a pretty healthy boundary to me. The fact that we get to just listen to each other and in a way like hit the ball back into each other's court every time we get a message from each other. So again, to our listeners, this is a really fun way to keep in touch with your loved ones and friends and family just by leaving them audio messages. I think it's a better way than texting or just browsing on social media and posting something. This way you can actually hear someone's voice. So thank you for that, best friend. I like the other healthy boundary that you've created for yourself about podcasting. I think that's really great. It kind of ties what I just said earlier about the um, about this asynchronization messaging that we've been talking about that you brought up. And I like how you said with podcasting is that, you know, you get audience and listeners to say that they're so glad they have listened to your podcast, which is great. Because, again, they're saying the words that they listened. And I think in in general, people don't listen. <laughs> and I think that's why podcasting has kind of grown in itself. Because people are not bombarded with visuals all the time. They just get to hear and absorb the information that they're listening to. And so I just think that it's great that it's really helped you create this healthy boundary other than just other social media sites that we've alluded to. I really like this third idea that you've shared about observe, not absorb the problems. I really am going to try this out even in my work because I feel you and you're saying like, I feel like I've been absorbing pretty much everyone's problems at my work. And I realized that I am just so drained because I have nothing left to give because I'm just trying to absorb, absorb, absorb. And people just keep wanting to dump more and more and more either work on me or they just want to share their problems with me. It's like, I'm not your therapist, yet you want someone to listen to you. And I'm just tired of it a little bit. But I do like this idea of the analogy you've given, like, how do you explain observe and not absorb. Yeah, I just really like this analogy that you've given us about how do you observe and not absorb of the prison analogy, where it's true, like if someone's in prison, and you you really can't, you can only observe the other person on the other side, because you can't save them, you can't help them. But you can at least observe them. And you don't need to absorb their problems. You're not going to experience what they're experiencing being in the same room with someone. And having to survive even in a closed environment. And so I just like this idea of, I can just do that too. I can just observe and smile and, and just show support and say, I can't feel exactly what you're feeling, but I can understand and acknowledge at least where you're at right now. And so I just really like the fact that, you know, I want to try that out. <laughs> and so I'll let you know how that works even in my work if I could just observe people instead of absorb. So wish me luck. <laughs> and the last one I really like is how proactive you are 
in terms of this healthy boundary of distancing yourself from those who could say stuff like you should do this and you should do that. I really like this idea too, because I do feel that even either sometimes I feel I do that with, you know, people or maybe just my sibling, my sister or my, my spouse, Maria. But on the other hand, too, I get a lot of you, you know, at work too, since this healthy boundary, we're talking about my work situation in a sense. And so is you should do this, Adrian, you should do that. You should listen to yourself. You should do it your way or all this stuff. And I was like, you should, you should, you should. And I'm just like, you know, you should just leave me alone (laughs) and let me think. And so I really just appreciate everything. I want to try this as well to kind of distance myself from people who say you should. I understand like in your situation, it is weird that like people just want to they feel like they're the expert in whatever you're going through. Like, oh, well, you know, I have been in the same situation, Jen, and I think you should try this and you should try that. And it's like, I understand. It's like, well, we weren't looking for you to give advice. If you wanted feedback or advice, usually people say like, hey, do you have any advice for my situation? But when you're just sharing a story, it's it's, it's people are compelled are feeling compelled. Like, oh, I should... I should answer that. And it's like, mm, don't answer unless they're actually asking for it. And most people just do want just the other person just to listen. And so anyways, kudos to you, best friend. I really like this whole topic that we've been talking about, healthy boundaries. And to our listeners, like I hope any of these tips help you out. Maybe you can apply them into your life. You could let us know and, <laughs> and let us know if, you, if it has helped you. And we just appreciate you guys listen to our podcast and um yeah there's more to come so thank you best friend and i'll talk to you soon bye-bye thank you for listening to the best friends best ideas podcast with your best friends adrian suzuki cruz and jen amos We hope that today's conversation gave you the best idea on how to sustain a healthy relationship with your best friend or anyone you care about. If you enjoyed our show, be sure to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. You can also support us by buying us a drink at buymeacoffee.com forward slash BFBI as in best friends, best ideas podcast. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com forward slash BFBI podcast. Lastly, if any of our ideas have helped you in any way, we'd love to hear about it at bestfriendsbestideas at gmail.com. We'd be happy to give you a shout out in an upcoming episode. Until Until next time. time.